right, well, welcome everybody. My name is Tom Miller, and I am the owner of Leaders uh, Building Leaders, and we are here uh, on this beautiful Tuesday. And I just had a lot to say, Katie. And on those Thursday calls, I just don't get to talk. So uh, I have been reading, Katie Ridenauer, my teammate for Leaders uh, Building Leaders. I have been reading. I read these three books over the last like ten days: Design Thinking for School Leaders. Coherent School Leadership by Michael Fullen and the Essential Truths for uh, Principles. And, um, you know, between that and all the other work that we're doing with, with our own, like, Empowered Living Group and, and, and the Future Proofing, and I was like, I said, we got to get on a call with these leaders, at least to share some of the things that we're learning mm-hmm. so we can put them in a better uh, position to be successful. Because when I was looking at the map or the calendar, we're like in the last days of school for most schools, but we're also less than a hundred days away from the first day of school of next year. That's right. Right. So in fact, in fact, if you're on this call with us live here and you got the chat box, put in the chat box, what's your first day of school? I want to know what the first hmm. day of school is for you. I hope we don't see TBD. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, so the purpose of this call is to bring our ideas to the forefront, right? And for you all to share your ideas with this group here as well, because you're the practitioners and we're just, you know, researchers and we're here to share what we're learning. And I'm involved in a lot of different larger social media groups. So I'm constantly seeing the questions and Katie's doing a great job of collecting all the resources and we're trying to put these maps, you know, together. But I've realized that you're not lacking ideas, right? Nobody should be lacking ideas right now. It'd almost be impossible. Or if you're just sleeping. Because there's so much getting thrown at you. So what I want to make sure that is we don't turn idea rich and execution poor, right, Katie? Is that the term? Like yeah, we don't want to be idea that's rich right. and execution poor. So with less than 100 days, so I see August 2nd. Oh, my gosh. 100 days from now, everybody, is September 3rd. You even realize that? Yeah, it's Labor Day. August 2nd, August 17th. So you guys are 85 days away from your first day of school. Less than a quarter of the school year, right? So um, I I just want to make sure, right, that this isn't the – the norm because in a lot of days I close my laptop and I'm like, the heck did I do today? Right? So whether you're, (laughs) were forced to close your laptop or you just gave up finally, right? Your zoom brain just could not do any more. I want to make sure that when you stop at the end of every day and close that laptop at a decent hour that you can answer the question, what did I accomplish today? Right. I won't even show you like my wall of uh, sticky notes over here. It's embarrassing. There's so many things that I just realized like, we're not not executing on our ideas is a huge problem. Right. It's a huge problem. So with with this call, we need to make sure that we're focusing on the things that matter the most. Right. Because the things that matter most cannot fall to the mercy of the things that matter least. But they do. 
<laughs> they do because they get in the way because we allow right. them to get in the way. It's a choice, right? It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a choice. Like, Oh, if I could just handle this easy and quick thing, then I'll be able to get to that much harder thing. That's way more important. Right. Yeah. It happens constantly. Right. So. And we don't want to scare people. We already have Noel on here saying, Oh no, I'm nervous. Thanks Tom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want you to be nervous. We're going to show you, we're going to show you a process that we're learning through one of our programs to be able to take these ideas and move them through a, a channel, right? An easy step, a three-step process. Um, because here's the thing that I've realized, it doesn't matter what you say out loud or what you say is important, how you spend your time is going to prove to other people what's important. That's right. Right. How you, how you're spending your time. And so I was recently, I was, uh, there's a team of um, leaders that were uh, coaching on a school. We have, you know, weekly like accountability calls because we've had to have them because it's just, they were kind of falling in this, in this boat. And I said, how many hours are in a week, everybody? Who knows the answer to that? How many hours are in a week? Anybody know? I don't know. I have to do the math. Let's Come see, on. 168. You nailed it. 168 <laughs> hours, right? So I started to be like, okay, how many hours do you want to sleep per day? And they just kind of chuck out. I go, no, seriously, how many hours do you think you should sleep per day? And so we came to like seven. It was a fight, but we got to seven. I was like, you need at least seven. I'm like, gosh, you could, your brain's going to explode. So if you take 56 hours away, right, or no, that'd be a 49. So a 49 minus 168 is 159, 119. So now you have 119 of waking hours left. And you got to eat and you got to shower, right? If you don't shower, I mean, even under quarantine, you should shower. So let's say that's, you know, two, three hours a day. There's another 20 hours. So now we're down to 99 hours. And then I just asked them, I said, well, how many hours are you working a day? And they just laughed. And then they kind of stopped laughing. It's like, I'm just saying, you're, you got 99 hours left. How many of those are you working? And all of them, because they did the 15-minute miracle, were working 10 hours a day, five to six days a week. I said, so you're basically working two-thirds of your awake time per day. No wonder they're tired. No wonder they're tired and not happy, right? They're just not happy. So I said, so what are you going to do about it? <laughs> right? What are you, what are you going to do about it? And that's, and that's a really important question to ask, you know, what are you going to do about it? Right? So here's what I want you to do. I, I have been thinking about, um, Where your focus goes, your energy flows. <clears throat> so what, what is your focus right now? I'm really, I'm really curious. Like what's just put in the chat box or you can unmute yourself. Like I want to know where's like what's most responsible for your school's success right now? What's, what, are the most, what are the most important things in your school's success? Don't worry, don't worry about your focus. I went, I went out. Don't tell anybody. What's what's most important to your school's success? Someone's got to have some answers. What is it, Katie? Katie, what was most important to your school's success when you were a principal? 
I like what Deb said, customer satisfaction. I wanted to make sure my students were happy, parents were happy, and, and that they were learning and growing. That Got was it. most important. So that's a measure of success, right? Mm -hmm. Customer satisfaction, yep. But what was most responsible for that success? Academic growth, okay. So these are measures, student, mm -hmm. staff, morale, and trust. Okay, but what do you actually, but what's responsible for those success things? Oh, the systems in place to make sure they happen. And the people okay. in place to make sure they happen. People, good, mm -hmm. all right. Perception of student-teacher relationships, yeah, relationships, open door policy, okay. May create those things. So we've got, so we've got some good outcomes here. I love, I love the fact that you're given outcomes. <clears throat> students, okay, students are responsible for success, administrative support. What is it, you know, <clears throat> what is it that makes your school the best? Right. It's usually it's usually the people, right? It's the it's the it's the it's the ability of the people to to bring that mission and vision and purpose to get these outcomes: customer satisfaction, academic growth, right? Student and staff morale, positive school climate, <clears throat> mm -hmm. right? So so and in some schools, the programs are maybe even most important, right? I know that's kind of yucky, but in some schools, they believe that the program is most important, right? Is most responsible for getting the best results. Where I was a principal at, that, that would be a heavy argument, that it was really the programming and the, and the systems that mm -hmm. we put in place, right? But every time I go back, I'd argue, but you do need pretty good people to be able to carry them out well, but it was always an argument back and forth, right? So sometimes it's the people, right? I'm gonna say most of the time it's the people. Sometimes it could be the program, what else might be most responsible for success? Anything else? No, those are good. All right, perfect. Mm -hmm. So now, well, it could be strategy, right? So now it could be leadership. Those are some of the things I wrote down. Leadership, strategy, focus, planning. Good, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, planning's important. Doesn't the plans the plan has to shift to be able to get you there, but uh, yeah, okay, good, perfect. So you have to have clear outcomes in place first. So now, so now let's fast forward. Let's fast forward to August 3rd, August 19th, August 17th, I think was one of the day. What is going to be, what would success look like on that day? What would success look like on August, on your first day of school? Or even you could just say your first day that teachers come back. Because Keisha's, you know, teachers, you guys must be coming back in July, huh? If you got an August 3rd. What would that be? Everybody shows up and ready to go. <laughs> Full enrollment on the first day of school with students. Ooh, I love it. Full enrollment. That's important, right? I, oh, I loved Tracy's. Happy teachers, happy children. That's happy a measure teachers. of success. Right, that's right. The only way you get happy children is through happy teachers. Mm -hmm. okay. Happy teachers, the end of day one. Excited for day two. I love it, Deb Brown. All right. A plan for instruction is carried out, right? Or ready to be carried out. All these things, right? So when I created my list, I put them in buckets, right? So if on your sheet, if you've got a blank sheet of paper, go ahead and make yourself um, like a four like your quadrant chart, right? So like a big giant T in the middle. 
four quadrants. And so these are the ones that I keep on seeing, like, like when I see everybody's responses in social media or where they're having you know, challenges or where they're asking questions about it, I put it in these four, these four uh, pillars. One was time. And you could put time slash calendar. So in the top left-hand corner, time slash calendar of that, of that first quadrant. We'll call that quadrant one. Quadrant two will be the top right-hand one. And let's call this one people. Let's call this one people. So I got time in the top left and people in the top right. In the bottom right, quadrant three, let's call that culture. So that's the written rules and the unwritten rules. That's what culture is, right? And then in the last, the last quadrant, right, let's, let's call it planning, right, or strategy mm -hmm. or programs, whatever you want to call it, like whatever your thing is. It's our education plan, right? Now, if you were to think about time, right, so we have rules, so one rule that we know in North Carolina, we have to follow in terms of the calendar is what, Katie? What has the state told us that we have to do next year? Let's make sure we get this straight. So you have to either. add five remote learning days. Okay. It can be 185 plus those five or 1025 plus those five. Okay. So we know that, right? So mm -hmm. we know what, what a general kind of, you know, box is our school. Now, what we don't have 100% clarity on is what's, what constitutes a remote day hours or whatever. doesn't matter. What we also need to do, we need to do some sort of remote camp, right? Some sort of jumpstart boot camp. That's also part of it. But they haven't given us any guidelines around that, correct? I don't think so. Not as far. Like they've okay. said it has to be three weeks. It has to be five days a week. You know, but that's it. So that's our box, everybody. That's our minimum box. That's our low hanging fruit bottom line box. Now my question I'm gonna to pose to you is in terms of time, what do you think is the optimum level of time for your students? What is it that you want your students to have next year? Knowing that the bottom line is 1,025 hours or 185 days, and you don't have to write the, you know, the exact answer now, but I want you to think about, like, what would your calendar look like? So here's some examples that we've been pulling, okay? Here's what, the, here's what some school days could look like or some school calendars could look like. We've seen calendars, right, Katie, that have been ending, right, starting in July and ending mm -hmm. at Thanksgiving, right? That's, That's right. what Invest Collegiate Transformed us. They've, they've been doing it for years. Start in July, end at Thanksgiving, come back mid-January, finish off the year in June, right? We've seen other people create their calendars in a sense of shorter breaks, right? Shorter mm -hmm. holiday breaks and, and extend the day a little bit, right? Or extend the amount of days that they're in school to make sure that they get the hours. Right. But ultimately, in North Carolina, the calendar rule for charter schools, really, you can start as early as, you know, the first week of July. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then, you know, you can end in June. So you don't have the same restrictions that a district does. And you don't have to abide by the 215-day working calendar either. But you could. Right? 
So ultimately, you told me the most important things are achievement, happy students, right? Happy staff, happy students, positive morale, academic growth. So if those things are most important, how would your calendar capture that? How would your calendar get those outcomes? Does that make sense, everybody? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, then we talk about our school day. So what could our school day look like? What are some options? We could do A day, B day, right? We've seen A day, B day. So A day is A kids are in the building, B day kids are remote learning. Or I just saw earlier where a school is gonna go in the morning after students come to school and in the afternoon, the other half come. And Greystone did that a couple of years ago when they were opening up their secondary campus because they didn't have the space yet and the building wasn't ready, bless you. So they actually physically created a morning schedule and an afternoon schedule, right? So you could do a deep dive clean, boom, go in the afternoon, whatever that may look like. Now, I don't know the how behind all of this, right? That's what your teams are gonna help you decide. We've also seen, um, Saturday academies. Mm -hmm. We've seen full remote learning. We've seen hybrids, right? What you need to figure out is what's best for your people. Yeah, don't let the how get in the way. And I think a lot of people start thinking, but how are we possibly going to do that? Who's going to pay for the mask? Who's going to pay for the hand sanitizer? So right. don't go down that rabbit hole, just what's best. Right. And I was talking with one school leader. And she's like, well, it's really important for our little kids to see the teachers really frequently, but not so much for our middle school. And I said, we'll make your plan reflect that. Yeah. And you've got 60 days of data to be able to actually demonstrate what's working and what's not. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, maybe, maybe some kids could come on campus later. You know, middle school kids, you know, typically learn a little bit better later in the day anyway. Right. You could, you could figure these uh, things out. Right. So what, what, what Katie and I have been learning, we've been in this uh, program called uh, future proof and, and uh, future cast and, and, what, and what we're learning is that the goals that we set for the future are always impacted by the historian in us who says, oh, but we can't do that because you know, we're always afraid, right? We've got this future negative approach to, well, I can't do A, B days because that's going to impact, you know, 50% of my parent population and they're, you know, blah, 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 you know, like we're already making excuses of why it won't work before we've even tested the theory to see if it'll work mm -hmm. right we're like all the teachers well how am i going to teach ap chemistry only having kids in my class for seven hours or you know i mean i don't know but I'm, but you're really smart and i'm sure you'll figure it out because someone else is already doing it <laughs> right there's organizations everywhere that are already doing what you are all proposing to do which is, you know, build hybrid models or modify your calendar or do it differently. And in fact, Deb Brown was on and Kelly O'Reilly was on. We just had, they just started school this week, right? Uh, we just had the group from Australia uh, present to us last week about how they've been staggering in 25% as a time. In uh, Korea, South uh, Korea, there's been multiple articles and showing how they're coming in and how they've created their day and how they've set up the cafeteria and how they set up the walkways, right? People are in school right now across the world. Mm 
So the historian in us needs to, needs to, needs to, needs to let that go. We can't hold on to all the sacred cows and attachments of what's it called? The agrarian calendar. Is that? Is yeah. That the agrarian count when we were all farmers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Like I didn't even realize that in Australia, they start school at the turn of the actual physical calendar year. That was pretty cool. So I want to know from you all, and you can put it in the chat box, what's one out of the box, crazy calendar or school day plan that you've either heard or thought about in the last two months? Throw it in there. Come on, I want to hear something. The most outside the box thing you could even think of. Who's got something? Come on, come on, Deb Brown. Evening classes for seniors. Oh, cool, that'd be interesting. Yeah, alternative days of entry. Yeah, one group comes Monday, Tuesday. Teacher planning on Wednesday. Oh, interesting, neat. Oh, I hadn't heard it that way, Deb. I've yeah. heard it Monday, Tuesday for one group, Wednesday, Thursday for another group, Friday's a teacher work day, but I like that Wednesday. In the middle, yeah, it gives them a day to plan. That's basically the schedule that we used in the virtual learning after a couple while because the virtual is so much front loading and the teachers were getting so burnt out and the kids weren't doing their global arts um, program at all, their elective. So we moved Wednesdays to teacher planning and then elective teachers at a dedicated day. And then we were thinking in the fall if we have to be blended that Monday and Tuesday could be one group Wednesday could be a deep clean of the school and small groups maybe could meet and then Thursday, Friday would be the second component. So that's one of one of several options we've thrown out. Cool. Keisha's got a cool one here too. Uh, siblings, like so you break up families and siblings, right? So A days are non-sibling days and B days are sibling days. Keeping families together, right? Which helps with transportation, helps with transportation, work yeah. schedules, all of that. Yeah, that's right. And maybe, you know, when you're looking for a place to, you know, if I'm like, hey, I, I have to work full time. I have to send my kids somewhere. This is where, you know, uh, partnerships, right? This is where the people part starts to come in. Like, how could we mm -hmm. be, you know, strategic and, you know, support this? Maybe there's an entity that has a lot of space, but is struggling for money, right? And, and, and has a place or a space that could house large groups of students, keep them spaced out, right? That you could get an education of occupancy, right? You know, maybe they qualify. You know, I don't know. Just thinking about things could be anything. Even if you partner with churches, think about it. Churches, if they they might have Sunday school classes that they like, if they don't run a preschool, you know, they might be. Uh, this might be a good time to use those small Sunday school classes. If you just do like half of a class, you know, you might be able to fit ten or twelve kids. Um, you know, so this could be a time to start those kind of conversations because they, their revenues are down since, you know, we're not going to church in most places face to face. Um, their revenues are down. So it might sure. be a way for them to make money. Yep. Okay. So we talked about calendars. So, you know, you put all ideas on a table and then you start to streamline the best idea wins, you know, based upon what's going to give our students the best bang for the buck, right? Because that's really what's most important. So hold on to that thought, hold on to your time category. If you just came on, we've got a four quadrant sheet. And so let's go to the top right hand quadrant and talk about people. So your top left was time, your top right is people. So your success as an organization next year will only go as far as your willingness to 
pour into your people, right? To equip your people. I mean, right now, I mean, you have to think about it. We're going to have remote learning, period. It's happening. So how much time have you spent developing the ability of not all, some or most of your, of your teachers, right? To make sure that you're helping them feel more comfortable because I don't necessarily believe that everybody has to be a remote instructor. I think some people could do it. I think this is where you really leverage your resources and your talents and, and like release that people from their weaknesses here, right? If they're not comfortable or they can't do it, they can do something, but maybe they're not, you know, the full-time instructor in terms of remote learning. Maybe they're, you know, the assistant to the instructor. And I'm sure that'll look, you know, different everywhere. But if you got great math people and great reading people, let the reading people do the reading online instruction and the math people, right? So that's where the strategy comes in. So I'm kind of out of my element, but you want to take care of your people first, right? Make them feel really, really comfortable. And just get good first, right? And just, just really think about that, how every decision we make, how is it impacting our people? Starting with little people, to our adult people, right? To our you know, parents and families, because everybody has you know, family that they have to deal with. There's so many aspects of, of the people part. So I want you to be thinking about, what do, what do we want our people to experience on the first day of school? What do we want them to experience on that first day of school? So you can put your answer in the chat box or say it out loud. Happy faces, calm faces, a clear plan. Mm -hmm. Yep. Excited, welcome, valued, exactly. Success. Yep, no, so those are great outcomes, right? So then I, what, I, what I need you to think about is what do we have to do to create that outcome? Mm -hmm. Because what Katie and I have learned is that 80% of uh, people in education are process-oriented people. That means that they rely on clear instructions, quality answers, feeling valued, Okay, they need to understand the how and the why. They don't like change. They're not fans of conflict. So how are we going to create a picture for them of success on this first day of school and help them feel comfortable about my role, right? R-O-L-E, my role in that goal. How is every single person feeling valued in my organization to take us to that goal, to that first day desired outcome? So I just wrote just a couple of things about, you know, building relationships, right? How am I as the leader of the organization spending time building stronger relationships? How am I building relationships with the new hires? How am I going to be orienting people over the, the summertime? Um, if you've been on any of our webinars in May, I mean, gosh, we did a webinar on hiring. We've done webinars on culture. We've done them on, you know, design. Like everything that you need is a free webinar that's on our website, right? If you're, you know, uh, struggling with stuff, I tried to do it all, right? There was, there was a little bit of, you know, method to that madness. All the things that you'll need to be prepared at the start of school are right there for you. 
but building that trust, right? That trust is going to be the most important part. People need to know what to do. I mean, look at all the opportunities for conflict that could happen that have never been part of our school day. I just went to the dentist today. I had to have a mask on. I had to call when I was there, let them know I was there. They took my temperature. I asked a series, they, I answered a series of questions. Teachers need that same thing. Like who's gonna take the temperature? Do I have to wear a mask? What if a kid doesn't have a mask? You know, so it's all in addition to everything they've had to do previously. Now they have all their minds spinning. So, you know, the school leader and the teams creating those plans like this, anticipating what are all the questions they're going to ask and wonder about and what else do we need to do? Yep. So what's your welcoming committee look like for new employees? What's your mm -hmm. welcoming committee look like for new students? Because it's going to look different. But it can still have the same outcomes. See, the outcomes of your organization don't necessarily have to change as long as you had clear outcomes in mind. If you don't have clear outcomes in mind and clear goals in mind, start there, right? Because we have to envision it. Everything in the world was made twice, once in our brain and then once physically, right? And so what outcomes do you want your people to feel and have? And then you have to backwards uh, design and be like, okay, how do we do that? And I see collaboration and a buy-in, right? Collaboration and buy-in occurs through trusted, honest communication. You've got to set those opportunities up because this cannot be top-down decision-making. That's got to go way out the door now. They're going to be the ones executing it, right? And how about as a parent, as a partner, right? Think about two things here. One, the parent as a partner piece, like there's very talented individuals, stakeholders in your community that you don't know about. I mean, I'll use Explorers as an example. They have really leveraged the talent of their parents where half a day on Friday, you know, parents and the strategic partners teach, teach their elementary school for half day so the teachers can go do their PD. And I don't think most of them don't get paid, right, Deb? I mean, there's really, like, you know, I mean, it's, it's all free. It's all volunteer work. Imagine half of your school every Friday for the entire year being taught skills, life skills, right, and, and being exposed to new things. So how do we leverage our partnerships? How do we leverage our parents? You get, just starts with asking a question. Hey, I have a vision. Here's some things I would like to accomplish. Well, how could you help me? <laughs> you know, do you have something that could you know, take us here and uh, do that. And then the second piece is the parents, if you're a principal on this call, the parents, no, the teachers are your conduit, right? So you're here the principal, all the teachers are uh, between you and they're down here, right? The teachers are your conduit to like, whether they think you're doing a good job, <laughs> right? You don't talk to every parent, but teachers do. How much time have you spent equipping and building trust and relations with your teachers to teach them how to build trust and relations with the parents to make sure that that cycle continues to happen? Mm -hmm. I thought about that over the weekend. I was like, oh, I don't think we spent any time ever teaching you know, teachers how to have good meetings with parents, how to, how to yeah. build relations and rapport with parents. We just assume you're a teacher. You know how to do that. But I think yeah. we all know a teacher. Go. We can vision one right now <laughs> who is not very good with parents, are they? Some of them aren't very good with kids. They're just not. But they work for us, right, with us. 
how much time? Okay, so that's, so that's your people portion. So you got to write out like, what outcomes do I want my uh, people to feel? What experiences, right? And then for all of those pieces, then you just create a backwards design. These are all the things that need to happen for us uh, to get there, right? Because because your time and effort is going to show, right? Where your energy, where your focus goes, your energy flows. So if you're, so if all of your focus is going on like task stuff and, you know, policy stuff, like you're going to lose the most important things, which are people and your time. So, so far we've, we've done people and time. So let's, let's, uh, let's uh, tackle culture. All right. So let's move the culture. It's the, the bottom right, I think. Right. So, Culture is based upon the behaviors of the human beings in your organization. And I'm going to call uh, culture is, is the, the written and the unwritten rules. And Katie already told us the rules about calendar, right? So there's some written rules that we've got to, you know, watch. So I was listening to uh, Michael Fullen earlier. He was just on some Facebook Live. And he said we have to, this was great. I love this. He said we have to exploit up right? Exploit up to be proactive, to do what's most important for our students in terms of policies, like, like exploit. I said, he's like, not all school districts follow the rules. They do, they do their best, but they exploit up to, to the very edge that they can do to make sure that they get the best outcome for their kids. And then he also said, we have to liberate down. That means we have to give full autonomy to the teachers carrying out the plan to get the best result, right? You so exploit up, liberate down. That's right. Okay. So you can't. So here's an example. You can't tell someone that they're responsible for an outcome without giving them autonomy in the process. Hmm. You can't do it. You can't micromanage somebody. And say you got to get this result, but it has to be done in this way. Well, that's dumb, right? No offense, but it's dumb. You're just not going to get the result. Some people might get it but not everybody. Some people might get it, but not everybody. So culture-wise, so here's one way to build culture on the end of the school year. Maybe everybody in your organization does a, a five or seven-minute TED Talk on what they learned about themselves mm -hmm. during COVID, right, as a professional. Like a chance to be vulnerable. Maybe they share a professional tool. Maybe they share, you know, something personal. Just something, right? So everybody gets a chance to learn from, from each other. And you as the organizational leader, you can still continue to lead by walking around and you do it with your ears. You ask questions and you listen, right? You, you know, you have to check in with everybody, right? But you can't create culture from your home office laptop. <laughs> as much as you may think that this is the way to do it, it's not, right? You've got to do it through personalized communications, uh, you know, through that. So maybe instead of writing the 45-minute the email, create a video recording of yourself doing it, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, show some, show some uh, vulnerability and humanity in these, these times of, of uncertainty for some. You know, how do you do it? How do you make sure that you keep the most important, uh, the most important? Uh, PLCs. Like, seriously, how many of you guys actually train teachers how to run PLCs? I'm really curious. So that brown's gonna, shaking your head now. You're not going to train people to, to do them well. Guess what? Stop doing them <laughs> because they're actually hurting your organization. 
right? And this is what we see often. So, so if you're going to create, if you want a culture of collaboration, you have to empower people and teach them how to collaborate. Yeah. Folks, folks don't all know how to collaborate. It's not their thing. You all got and they use that space and it can be negative if you of don't course. if they don't know what to do they're going to do it their way and it might that's not right. be that's what right. you want that's right so in what ways right and what's the culture that you desire to see and a lot of you shared it in here in the box right so what is the culture that you want people to feel and experience on your first day back whether it's remote learning or brick and mortar, doesn't matter. Your first day back, what is it that you want them to experience? Yeah, I wrote myself a note here that you cannot manage culture. Culture is created through relationships and conversations, right? So you've got to be able to find a way to be able to do that. Um, proud to be a teacher at my school, ready, ready to learn together, right? So if yeah. you participate in our culture training, you know, I'll just go through real quick. You have to define the culture that you desire to see, right? Everybody has to define it based upon the values, right? And then you have to design the organization, right? the systems and the processes of what we'll do to get to that culture. Cause then you give a people a way to uh, decide whether mm -hmm. I'm following or not. And if they choose not to follow, it gives you an easy way to say, Hey, Katie, um, we had agreed to, you know, being on our daily stand up at eight 30. However, the last three days you showed up at eight 35. So help, so help, help, help me understand, you know, or even the opposite way, right? Or you said you would have this on time, but you didn't, right? So help, so mm -hmm. that's what we agreed on. And so, you know, kids, oh, you know what? Is it every day, 8.30? I didn't know it was every day. I thought, no, 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 it's every day, you know? And, 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 and so then you start that accountability, that joyful accountability conversation there. But if you don't have the definition, <laughs> the agreed upon commitment of what we're doing here, you can't have that joyful accountability conversation, okay? So, so far the three uh, pockets we talked about were time and people and mm -hmm. culture. So what's left? What's left? Strategy, planning. Planning, right? Whatever it is, the plan, right? So what, mm -hmm. so what is the plan? And I don't have an answer for you for what's the plan, but I will tell you that every plan will work. And the plan that works best is the plan that you decide and stick to, right? And you stick to it until it tells you it's not working. So how would I know that the plan isn't working? How might I know? You don't see it. You don't get the results you're looking for. Okay. So that means I need to know the outcomes that I desire to see, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. Kids are learning, Tracy said, that that's a good outcome. Yeah, so I need to know what that is, right? So here's an example. When I was training for every marathon, I always had a goal to get under five hours. I never in any of my training times hit that minute per mile to get mm -hmm. to the five hours. And you know what I never did? 
I never yeah. made an adjustment to get under five hours. And you know what I never accomplished? Under five hours. A marathon in less than five hours. Now I finished five of them, but I never ran any of them. And I never hit my time goal because I put a goal out there, but I never made a plan to achieve the goal. Yeah. You see, the purpose in goal setting, right, Katie? Goal setting and goal achieving is to become the person <laughs> who can achieve the goal. I never became the person who could run a marathon in less than five hours. Well, and that was the difference because I did run a marathon and I finished five minutes faster than my goal. And the difference was I had a really clear vision of what I wanted and I trained with people who are better than I am. And they motivated me when we were on our training runs, be mile 17, and they're like, Katie, you're never going to hit 430 if you don't, if you don't train. And uh, so I did it in 425, but that was the difference maker. I had a really clear plan and I trained around that plan. Yep. So as you're writing out this uh, plan, just keep these things in mind. Number one, it has to be a commonly owned plan. Mm -hmm. Now, don't ask, does that mean like, like, like the brand new teachers have to do it too? Yes. Does that mean that the music teacher has to do it too? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a commonly owned plan. Like we're all committed to this plan. So if one teacher wants to use cahoots while the rest of the school is using seesaw, or if one teacher wants to use dojo when the rest of the school is using kickboard, the answer is, I'm sorry, we have all committed to using the same plan, the same tool, until that tool proves otherwise, right? Because most of us are facing right now, or have been facing the last you know, two months, the unintended consequences of not having a commonly owned plan. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's confusion from parents, from students, from teachers. Things aren't working and everybody's doing something different. So you can't evaluate your success. That's right. It's inconsistent results. And I don't know mm -hmm. where to focus my time because I can't tell what's working, right? Mm -hmm. Now you're going to make subtle tweaks to the plan and the most successful organizations do. They make subtle tweaks to get the best results, right? So a commonly owned plan, uh, it's got to focus on team over self. It should be a nice, easy one to two page document. Like it shouldn't be overwhelming and, you know, uh, to get there. And, you know, one way, if you're worried about, you know, financial stuff for next year, right? We can't afford, you know, Katie just sent out her free grant report. Like there's like 15, you know, grants there, or Katie can help you write a grant and, and, you know, I mean, whatever it is, like, there's opportunities out there, right? So every time we, like, say, like, oh, we'd like to do that, but we can't. That's the historian in us. You got to kill that person. Just kill the historian. You, you know, it doesn't determine your future. You've got to create your future based upon the outcomes that you want to see, okay? Execution is critical here. And so you've got your four quadrants, right? So you should have like, what outcome do we want, right? In terms of our time, in terms of our people, in terms of our culture, in terms of our plan, right? Just let's just make it easy with those four because those seem to be the, the four most common, right? And then we, then, 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 uh, we have to execute, right? And so the job of a leader 
is to you know, develop collaborative leadership model um, over time. So don't you know, take this the wrong way, but so you're kind of you know, irrelevant. You're, I mean, your job is to, to, to work yourself out of a job. Nothing personal. No. There's but you want that. You want, the, you want it to exist beyond you. You don't want to yeah. be the end-all, be-all for your organization. That's right. And so if you were on my board training last week, and when I wrote myself, when I ended my board chair term last year, I, I wrote myself 10 questions. And question number 10 was, is our organization ready for a leadership change, right? Like if our, if our principal decided that they were resigning, would we be prepared? And we're about to find out, aren't we, Deb? <laughs> right? And there's multiple, you know, leaders across the state now that are leaving. Like they just, they've either had enough or they can't, I mean, whatever it is, the job is hard. Charter school turnover is over 50%, you know, in the last three years. It's, it's like 2.7 years is the average tenure. It's hard to build a succession plan in 2.7 years, but you have to do it. Your main job is to develop other leaders, okay? And, and so the benefits of building this collaborative leadership is, is when we talk about how we do things, right, and why our way is better, and it's communicated all throughout the organization, right? So that's called cascading communication. And some of you maybe are in our, you know, steps to a, a cohesive team, right? How to build, how to build a, cohesive, a cohesive team, but you've got to create clarity. So your voice, the leader's voice, based upon these four quadrants that everybody has committed to, is the constant conversation from leader, or from, right, leader to board, from leader to team, to team down to grade level chairs, the grade level chairs to their teachers, to uh, teachers to their parents, right? Teachers to their students. Like it needs to be the same collaborative, unified, committed conversation all the way through. That's the purpose of building collaborative leadership. And if you don't have the defined, agreed upon, committed, commonly owned plan, guess what you can't do? Execute it. Well, that's hard too, but you can't, <laughs> can't hold people accountable for yep. not doing it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. Am I supposed to do that too? You know, and I did that as a teacher. When I was a special ed teacher, there was all these, you know, trainings constantly going on. And I was like, my kids are nonverbal. They're five years behind academically. Why am I going to this? So I just, you know, asked if I could not go one time. And so like, yeah, that's fine. But I didn't realize it was a series of seven trainings throughout the year. Every time that training was on the calendar, guess where I was? Not there. Not there. <laughs> Anywhere else. Until I got called out. I was like, oh, I thought you meant for all of them. They're like, no, just that one. Like, okay. Well, thanks for telling me. Because if I didn't know, right? If I didn't know. So. Execution is critical, right? So these, these steps to building a cohesive team are so, are so important. So part of what you need to do is right now, over the summertime, is you, build, you need to build an effective meeting schedule. If you don't have one in place right now with your return to school team, with your uh, committee, it needs to be consistent, dependable, meeting, 
right, that has a clear agenda, clear tangible outcomes. We all know we're working on the same thing based upon these four chunks, right? Unless you've, maybe you got more than that. I wouldn't go to them anymore. That's a lot, right? But how are we going to execute these things? And every week we're getting closer and closer because some of you are, uh, what do we say, like eight, nine weeks away from teachers back on campus, right? So they need predictable uh, behaviors working towards collaboration, right? Because if you do that, you're going to receive more suggestions, more ideas, more uh, people like, oh, I did this. Oh, I looked this up. Oh, you know what? I did that already. I can't think of what that's called. It's not intuition. It's just, um, help me, everybody. My brain is dead. When they jump and do it when you didn't ask them to do it. Initiative. That's it. Initiative. Oh. Thank you, Kelly Rally. I got it before Kelly put it in. Initiative, right? So when they show like initiative and that's what you want. But if there's not predictable, commonly owned plans, it's hard for people to show initiative. When they show, when they show um, um, initiative, you know what happens? They get squashed down. Oh, no, 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 we're not doing that, right? That's not, that's not, that's not, that's not what you were supposed to do. That's and not can, our way. That's not how not we our do way. it here. That's not how we're doing it, right? But if I've got a commonly owned plan in this box of parameters, then I can, I can research based upon these, you know, parameters, right? So if you want to prevent or eliminate a reactive environment, you also need to build your office staff. And if you're not spending time building your office staff, start thinking about how you're going to build your office staff into this plan. They should be part of your cohesive team. And if you got to pay them over the summertime for extra work, pay them over the summertime because they'll be the ones executing and communicating and hitting all those pieces to uh, be able to do that, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a couple ways that we can help with this in the last you know, couple of minutes. Uh, we've got a, you know, a couple of people, maybe Deb, Oh, and uh, Joan's on with us too. So some of you are on this. You know, we've, we've built, we've built, you know, we've got our Thursday call, which is great. It's got, you know, 50 to 70 people. And it's like a, just a dump of information on you. Um, and then it's your job to go figure it all out and execute it. Well, what we've done is, you know, Katie and I have uh, um, I built these smaller mastermind groups that have, you know, nine uh, principals in them, either uh, principals or directors. We've got some coaches and and so then they come, you know, together and take all that information and they bring it to the smaller group and say, hey, what do you guys think of this idea? And everybody adds value to it. And so just to really help everybody get to that next level, because what we're realizing is that um, 80 days from now, you're going to be starting school, whether you like it or not. <laughs> if you don't have a commonly owned, cohesive, coherent plan in place, you're going to have a real hard time at the beginning. So what we would do is we would love to invite everybody into these, into these groups. We've built, now there's nine time slots over the week. And I'm going to um, put the information here in the corner. And you could, you know, come in for a quarter of time if you want, or you can come in for the whole year. There's, there's some added uh, bonuses and uh, benefits if you come in for the whole year, but you're going to get such extreme value just by removing the isolation from your current world. And when I say isolation, like, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's like, I'm trying to figure all this out myself. So I don't know if Deb or 
Joan or Kelly would be willing to uh, speak on behalf because they're members of the consortium. Or I'm sorry. And Noel and Nicole are too. Oh, that's right. Oh, well, then the whole well, then, well, then I'm advertising to the people who are already in the program. Well, no, like we still have stay. we have Teresa <laughs> and Keisha. We have we have and Glorious and Yvonne. Yeah. They need to hear about it too. Right. Tom, I think this is Joan. I think it's just critical that we have an opportunity to get with like-minded people to share our thought process. I call them thought partners uh, because sometimes the perspective is just what I need to shift my mindset. You know, where I, sometimes I get stuck. I think we all get stuck and it's helpful to have that thought partnership. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Joan. Yep. And then, so, so what it is, you know, not only do you have a weekly meeting, but the last two months, I've invited outside experts that have you know, tried to pour into, to really bring your perspective to the next level. Um, and then just, just to handle all the little things, one of the bonuses is you'll get our seven steps to a building a cohesive team program. So you could put your, all of your grade level chairs through it. You could put your office staff through it. And you guys learn, like, how do we build a cohesive team? So you build your team, right? And then you build yourself in the inner circle and you get all this expert uh, training. And, 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 you know, the cost is if you want to come in just for, for uh, nine weeks, it's $299. So you're thinking $100 a month to get expertise from outside experts, right? And to, to spend an hour and a half of time per week with with building level leaders i mean folks who are in your shoes i mean to me it's it's a it's a very easy um professional development experience for you uh you're worth the investment you're a ceo of a multi-million dollar enterprise and you can't do it alone um, and you shouldn't try to do it alone uh, so so that's what we've done and it's there's we've got a group for exceptional children's uh teachers and you know directors and we've got a group for coaches that we're building out too because you got to develop other people mm -hmm. and so this Thursday we're starting that transformational leadership uh, program um, so we would invite you guys in so you get the inner circle which is mind-blowingly I, I take more notes I think than the principals do about you know how to grow as a leader then you get a way to build all of your grade level chairs all your team leads through the uh, co co uh, cohesive team program and then you get six coaching sessions. So one-on-one, -on -one. it could be with your team or you, whatever you want, but you get Katie or, or uh, myself for an hour, uh, six times to really, then really dig deep, right? So you got macro level Thursday call, micro level um, inner circle, and then really extreme focus and strategy. So we would love, we would love for everybody to be part of this uh, program through the summer to make sure you have the best, the best first day of school ever and then you know there's a lot of uh you know benefits when you're when you're closer in proximity because anything that we get you know the inner circle is the first one to hear it and see it so we can give them the resources quick so okay so your call to action three things design to the edge right take your four quadrants and begin you know design the outcomes that you want to see right in terms of time in terms of your people in terms of your culture and in terms of your plan okay those four then you got to build your team right you have to build a, co a, a collaborative coherent cohesive team that speaks with one voice to be able to communicate all the information down and then step three is that you need mentorship and support for you uh, personally so if you don't 
join our group, that's fine. Join somebody because you need someone to remove that isolated feeling from, from your head because you, you can't keep it all in your head. Your head was not built to be an iPhone or a desktop. So um, we would love, love to have you on there. And thanks for your Kelly and Noel and Joan and Deborah and Nicole who are already part of the programs. Uh, to be helping us and and you know the more the more people we can leverage into the programs you know the better we're all going to be for kids and impact and that's what i heard from the beginning is what we're all in here to grow so any last thoughts katie i'm just thinking about the return to school program or plan that everybody has to turn in mid-july mm. and they've just added two more pieces to it so now there are 15 requirements and, and that's something we, you know, on all the inner circle calls last week, that's what we talked about because every, it's a top of mind for every, everybody, you know, so instead of having to go that alone, you get the resources from leaders, building leaders, you get the resources from all the other school leaders in your group, you know, so you, it, it really takes the isolating factor out of being a charter school leader and gives you ideas that you might not have ever thought of. And it takes away that like that stress of like, oh my gosh, this is so much I have to do. But you have other folks who are doing the same thing. So, you know, you have some assistance. Yeah, I mean, imagine if you've got 11 other people as part of your leadership team, an extended group, your leadership team, right? So you got the, or I'm sorry, so you got eight other uh, principals and then Katie and myself, mm -hmm. all out there looking for better resources and ideas for you because we know exactly where your pain points are and we know exactly what you're looking for. So you can go spend time with your family and we'll do your research for you and then we'll bring it to you because that's what you know just happened we just had a montessori school you know join us like oh well we've got all these plans i can already help you get started and you're like oh my gosh i had no idea that these are out there that's our job that's that's what we do so yeah so so we've got a north carolina requirement so we'll be helping with that um and and then you'll you'll be able to grow your entire team every grade level person anybody you want uh you can bring into the program for free um, into the uh, steps to, to a, a cohesive team. And you're just basically paying for yourself, right? So your, your, your investment of $299 for nine weeks or $997 for the year could impact the entire organization. I don't know. It's like a dollar, it's like a, dollar a person for some people. So awesome. All right. Well, I've sent you the information. I'll send an email out after. We believe in you. We believe in your dreams. We're here to support you. Everybody go have a great afternoon. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you.